situations with YouTube but I think we're there so if you jump in uh, jump in the chat let us know that we are we are happening we're going and uh, we've got a few guests on tonight uh, they're being making noise in the background that's what they do um, bunch of stuff hopefully you've had a good weekend let us know in the chat what you've been doing on Saturday and Sunday uh, probably just sitting at home waiting for this I guess I don't know. Uh, that's uh, that's where we're up to. Uh, I've spent all weekend designing and setting up a new projectile warehouse uh, website with uh, some level of degree of success, perhaps. Uh, all sorts of exciting parts came out of that, but it's finally up. Uh, you, and the, the code is still valid. Uh, ID live with the number five on the end. ID L I V E five. Uh, that is all uh, all happening. All good to go um, on the new one. Tonight uh, we have uh, a few guests, uh, Emma Stevens, who was on Friday's show, Dave Acker, who I think was on the week before, um, one of the earlier guests, and Andy Little, who uh, we can't get rid of. Um, that's the way. So, oh yeah, good to see some people were dry firing on the weekend. That's the that's the good stuff. Getting uh, making the most of it. Uh, anyway, so we've got three guests on tonight to answer some questions. We've had a few questions come through, but if you have any questions to hit these guys up with, be them shooting related, I, I guess maybe a little bit adjacent, don't go too far or too personal, I'm not sure. Uh, no, Dave will probably answer anything. Anyway, uh, the um, questions, uh, chuck them in the chat or message us through anything on those lines and we'll throw them to the guys and see what they have to say. Shall we see if they're ready? I think they're ready. Guys, can you can you hear us? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Hello. All right, let's oh, see if I... we can see you. There oh, we go. Oh, oh. don't eat yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's all going on. What's, uh, what's happening, Andy? Let's uh, kick off with you. We, uh, we saw you on Thursday night. What's, uh, what's the latest? Uh, well, at the moment, I've been renovating the bathroom a bit. Um, found out the shower's leaking a bit into the, um, into the wall adjacent to it. Okay. So, um, just ripping out grout and re-grouting the shower. Oh, lovely! That's what you need. Yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> nice. What about uh, what about you, Dave? We've, uh, we haven't seen you for a little while. Yeah, um, really just uh, working from home and uh, yeah, working from home, and now uh, doing this video chat again from home. Um, got a got a lot of reloading done. I'm gonna be uh, ready to rock and roll whenever the PRS starts up again. But yeah, uh, nice. Nice. Okay, good. And uh, who else is there? Someone. Um, anyway, moving on. On to the next. Uh, no, hello, Emma. Hello, Emma. We, we saw you. Felt like hello, ten minutes ago. Steve. Felt like we were just we were just there. So it's uh, that's why. That's why. But how's your weekend been? Nice and quiet and self isolated. My weekend. Yeah, it's been great. Um, I did have a bit of a moment today, though. Um. Oh. So I've had to endure Scott McMillan's excitement for like months about this freaking Gerard that he got. And oh, I'm like, okay. yeah, man, yes. it trims your cases, get over it. <laughs> anyway, so today yeah, you wouldn't have used one I before. had 200 cases. <laughs> uh -uh. Yeah. And yep. so I'm like, what is this magnificent creature? <laughs> so I was like 200 rounds today of just pure delight. 
it was so good. Fantastic, fantastic. That was my weekend. Well, that's a good way to experience a garrod. Any 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 weekend with a garrod involved is a, is a good weekend, I think. Um, I've just uh, realised I've got a challenge. I've got a bottle of beer here, and I haven't got a bottle opener close by, so I'm gonna I got to deal with my, my own problems. Sucker. Yeah, I didn't plan that one too well, did I? Oh well, very good. Now we uh, we're starting to get a few questions in the chat, so guys, keep them going. Hey, Emma, I do want to let you know uh, you currently hold the record now for the most likes on one of these live videos. Uh, you also hold the record for the most views on one of these uh, live videos. So, um, uh, smashing it. Um. There are like four YouTube accounts in this house, though. So I, there, there is actually one <laughs> more. It's only like five, four. There is me like I'm pretty good at YouTube, so. There is one more record. Hey, kids, go watch this eight times and you're grounded. Both of you. Yeah, that's right. Uh, also, let Dave ride your motorbike. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or you're grounded. Uh, I do also yeah. want to let you know. So, oh, you'll be pleased to know that Andrew's ordered parts for that motorbike. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right, so some 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 cross conversations that are unrelated. <laughs> I love it. All right, Sorry. good. Um, uh, Emma, I do I do want to add one more to your record, though. You're also the most disliked video of these live streams. <laughs> I know that two people didn't like it. I want names. <laughs> I want names. I want addresses. <laughs> I want to know. Yeah, I think they? one of them was Butters. I heard one was Butters. Butters sent a photo afterwards proving it wasn't oh. him. Uh, although he may have, he may have like unliked it. And, and then and he did it again. Yeah. 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 yeah could have yeah. done. Could have done. I'm never giving him back his jumper again. Next time he loses it, it's mine. All right. All right. Cool. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's jump in the chat, see if, uh, see if any uh, questions are going on here. Um, oh, yeah. Here's a good one. Who do you guys look up to in terms of role models or good shooters and why? Andy, is there anyone that you, uh, you know, idolise more than just for your haircut and beard? <laughs> um, oh, I can't say I really do. Um, yeah, I don't know. I sort of just... <laughs> so I just um, getting my beer open. That was the noise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, nah, to be to be honest, I don't like. I can't say I really idolise anyone. Or um, is there someone whose like channels you socials you follow and and do those sort of things to to get tips? Have you got some recommendations on that side of things? Um, I'm so, I sort of just watch the watch the top guys in the um, Australian PRS, watch them and see how they do stuff. Um, follow a few guys in the states. Um, I can try and bring up their names, but. Doesn't can't ring a bell at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just watch a lot of stuff. I don't, yeah, particularly <laughs> follow too hard. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, no, fair, fair that enough. Makes sense. Has anyone anyone got anyone they do follow? Emma or Dave? Uh, I follow um, Philip Vallejo on Instagram. He's got some pretty solid content I've found. And yeah. sorry to cut you off, Emma. I, no, go for it, Dave. Okay. You've, you've taken the floor. I, I recently became <laughs> I recently became Australian, so now I got to be rude and be like, "Oh, I'm gonna be all right." Yeah. <laughs> no apologies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No more stories. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't can't apologise for things anymore. I'm sorry, Dave. That's uh, congratulations oh. on becoming Australian. <laughs> 
as well, or commiserations or whatever whatever you think of it. Anyway, Emma, is there anyone you spend some time uh, watching on socials and stuff uh, for that sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I obviously um, think Regina's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's awesome. I love how she um, holds her own and um, she's really knowledgeable. Um, I've been lucky enough to have a chat with her here and there. Um, she's given me some advice um, and it's always like um, really, really good advice. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it um, makes sense. Like um, because of her, I um, checked my length of pool and it was mm-hmm. totally wrong. So um, that was good. But mm-hmm. um, also obviously um, I look up to my super coach. So um, without Andrew, I would be pathetic. <laughs> so yeah, he's a bit of a legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Added... So, certainly not Scott McMillan at all. <laughs> okay, let's. Uh, one day we're going to get Scott Scott on this show. Okay, very good. All right, cool. Uh, that's that's good to know. Hey, uh, this one may be a little bit more for Dave and myself, but let's uh, let's throw it out anyway. Uh, from Anthony uh, on Facebook has asked, uh, "How can I go about making a local club?" to do PRS-style events. Uh, I'm in Wodonga in Victoria. The closest one is three hours away. Dave, you've been involved in the setup or setting up of a club currently. Have you... Yes. You've got... Are you guys not quite there or are you pretty close, aren't you? Um, Yes, we are pretty close. Basically have committees pre-selected, paperwork drafted up, all that sort of thing. Um, I think it was basically, well, it was basically just a matter because I should say I run a lot of kind of the on the ground stuff. And my other partner in crime, he's the one who basically takes care of a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. Um, So in terms of the admin in the back end, my knowledge is probably lacking, I guess I could say in that specific area. But um, my understanding was before this whole COVID-19 thing kicked off and closed all the ranges and competitions, we were extremely close. It was just some more final details and paperwork had to be sorted out. Yep. And basically just cross the T's and dot the I's. But obviously this yeah. whole situation has brought up some more pressing things and it's been kind of put on the back burner for now. <laughs> sure. Now, in terms of getting it started, I mean, like started from complete scratch. Mm-hmm. I think we were pretty lucky at Little River in that the range staff there already knew what it was all about. Yep. A boot. Um, a boot, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I still can't say that in Australian yet. <laughs> and... Um, the guy who's been helping me, Andrew, he's actually one of the ROs there. Um, so he knows the staff pretty well. So we kind of had some ins already. Um, but from what I understand, the best way to go about it, because I've had to kind of show it off at work and I've always wanted to get work involved, to show them what it's about, explain why it's good. Mainly one thing, it gets a lot of new people into the sport. It's going to help bring in income to your club and everything. Highlight the benefits to the club. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, obviously – yeah. 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 Very, very good. Make it appeal to the club or make it appeal to the range where you want to have the club, I guess would be a start. Just talk to them, familiarize them with it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I guess uh, I've, I've got the other experience in setting it up. Uh, we've gone from yeah. scratch to a, to a fairly large club fairly quickly. Um, yeah. You've got to have, you've got to have buy-in of uh facility. So if you've got a, a 
a club that's supportive, that's super important. You'll find that in the next, obviously, once you get through this challenge, although right at the moment, maybe might actually be not a bad place or time to start getting paperwork or start getting discussions underway uh, because at the moment, you know, the, everything's still happening. You just can't do anything. And that's what it's like when you're starting a club is you can't do anything, but stuff yeah. is still chipping away in the background. Uh, and so our club took about about 10 months to go from first meeting to actually pulling triggers, and we didn't have to worry about uh, a range. We had a range as part of that. So uh, I would probably get on things soon. Double SAA have it approved a precision rifle uh, rule book. So if you can, if you're connected to a double SAA club at all, and they are, you know, three, four hundred metres plus and can shoot steel or uh, at least have the layout that could be approved for that. So like a metallic silhouette club is a good place to start. Uh, that is a good option. Use the the other clubs. You know, I can send you data and bits and pieces of other clubs and how they've started uh, and the amount of people that it, it's inclined to bring in. Uh, that's fairly interesting. Clubs are interested when when there's, there's a potential for a lot of members. So that may be something to consider uh, as well. No. But if you can get a get a good team behind you, I think that's what you, you'll sort of back me up yeah. on, Dave, is two or three core guys uh, will change going from a great idea to actually happening. Yeah. Uh, and that's, well. that's where I kind of got really lucky in terms there was a lot of, I guess, ins and groundwork that was kind of already there. It was just kind of get the few people who were willing to actually put stuff on paper, get the wheels moving, and basically say, we want to take advantage of this opportunity. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, guys, anything else that either of you want to say for, for club point of view? I know, Andy, you remember at our club um, to some degree. Um, nah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, Emma, Emma, just keeping you updated, Ian Nolan has admitted to uh, being one of the dislikes. Um, do with that what you wish. Um, oh. I, know. I know, but that's all right because um, next time we shoot together, I'll just kick his ass again. Well, that, no, would, have, that would have happened normally. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. So, uh, Anthony, uh Mate, drop us a line. Get in touch. Um, there is there is ways to, to make it happen now, but you, you need that core group of guys to, to, to do it, and you need somewhere to actually have that happen. And to be fair, compared to a lot of places, three hours isn't actually that far away. Um, a lot of guys travel a lot further to go shoot matches uh, than that and even mm -hmm. small one-day club matches. So, um, yeah, be, I mean, I'm all, all for uh, shooting um, – uh, all for starting new clubs, absolutely. Want want to see heaps more of them over the next uh, two years, but also be grateful for what you have. If you have a club within three hours, that's actually pretty good. Uh, all right, uh, next uh, next one up. Uh, Andrew started shooting when he was five or six years old, which is about the same age as me. Uh, what's the best way to introduce your five year old daughter into the shooting fraternity? Well, let's just say. Um, you wait until whatever legal age is required in your jurisdiction, and then wherever that age kicks in, uh, you guys have any advice for juniors? I mean, you've got got a couple of sons. Yep. What what have you done yeah. to uh, get them on board? Um, again, I think it's um, mostly been thanks to Andrew that the boys um, love shooting. But I suppose, I mean, I love it too. So. Um, I think a lot of it is, you know, very basic level, like monkey see, monkey do. 
um, they're always with us. We always, um, that, you know, they're coming with a spotlighting. Is that why Andrew's more involved Sorry? with it? Yes. Yeah. Not monkey, <laughs> monkey say. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Anyway, sorry, carry on. Um, but, yeah, so they've always come along with us when we went spotlighting and things and um, always had to watch and, you know, would, would run out and get the rabbits or whatever. We're a part of it um, but not necessarily shooting until, you know, they could. So, um, but, yeah, it's um, so we sort of cottoned on to South Australia being able to shoot um, a bit younger than Victoria. Mm -hmm. Um, So we jumped straight on that with Bo and he actually shot a 22 match at Monado. He did. Um, And he had a great time. He came 11th out of like 35 adults. (laughs) (laughs) So when he was 10. That was great. Yeah, like it's... um, and. yeah, it was awesome, yeah. And one of the stages, actually, this is like I'm getting off topic, but one of the stages, um, so Andrew shot and then I shot and then Bo shot and all the same 22. Andrew shot, miss, 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 miss. He's like, oh, something wrong with the gun. I shot, miss, 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 miss. You're like, yeah, definitely something wrong with the gun. Bo cleaned it. So I'm like, oh. <laughs> Where'd you shit? <laughs> <laughs> so Fantastic. anyway, yeah, I I think it's just got a lot to do with um, teaching them the right way to handle guns, have a re- um, healthy respect for it, and show them how fun it can be as well. And I think once they get old enough, they um they want to do it. So we're just waiting for this whole Ebola thing to go away, so Bo can get his junior license because he's twelve now. He, so here in Vicky can get his junior license. So mm, he's very excited. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, I think uh, you know, we've had juniors come through the club and, uh, and, and it's really just a matter of uh, looking after them, getting them shooting. Generally, it's a sport that if people try, they generally enjoy it. So I think that's the, the main thing is to get them to try it. Um, Andy, unless you've got anything to add for the juniors that you've seen come through the club? just No, I, I don't think so. Um, probably just um, obviously you introduce them, you start them small with the, with the 22 and um, – you know, just let them have fun. Don't probably jump in on some large calibre thing or something that's too loud that might just scare them for the first few shots. But, yeah, just something small and cruisy and go more about the, the fun side of it rather than the, I don't know, the, the stricter discipline side. But, um, yeah, obviously yeah, keep doing that. But, I agree with yeah. you. Yeah, that's, uh, that's good. Cool. All right. Um there is, uh, oh no, we've, we've done that one. There's a question there from Ian, Emma, which I'm sure is directed to you. Go through your brass trimmer. What's it like? Um, but we already covered the garrod uh, from the top, so uh, that would be, yeah. uh, that's just the one. Yeah. There's only one brass trimmer worth getting, uh, I believe. There is. Yeah. Ian, you should and buy I, one I so I can use it. Wrong. Probably me. <laughs> uh, okay. Hey, um, are you going to borrow it next? Am I? No, Dave. Dave. Yeah, I was gonna say. No, no. I'm telling. I'm. I'm telling Ian to buy one because he asked the question, and he lives a couple blocks down the road from me, so I won't have to drive. (laughs) (laughs) I won't have to drive uh, a couple hours to use the other half of Team Burris's uh, garage. I can just uh, go next door with a six pack and go. All right, let's trim some brass. (laughs) Very good. All right. Uh, Tell him to let me know if he does because I'll get one too. 
Okay. <laughs> well, another six pack. <laughs> I need more than a six pack. That's, that doesn't cut it. <laughs> uh, Andy, question for you. Tim has asked if you've put a new barrel on your six five yet. I don't believe you have, have you? No, no, I haven't. I just went with a lighter pill, pushing it harder, just trying to burn it out faster, pretty much. Um, <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it still seems to be grouping all right. Um, the load on running so um yeah but it, it definitely is on the cards um i do do want something heavier to sort of balance it out a bit better yeah. out of uh out of curiosity um just because i shot attack a1 last year mm-hmm. uh, where was i going with this um how many rounds do you reckon you're on and what powder are you what powder charge are you using to get say x amount of velocity at the moment um, so I'm running 2209 powder. Okay, I was uh, around the same, yeah. So here's a good comparison basis, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, was, I was running the 143 LDX. Okay. Um, at about 2750. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and how much 2209? How much 2209 were you putting behind them? That was 42.5. Grains. Yeah, gotcha. And right. now I'm now I'm running the 140 grain LDMs. Oh, with yeah. 44 grains of <laughs> yeah. 09 and yeah. they're going i think they're going 28 like mid 28s yeah they're pretty quick <laughs> so i think we estimated mine had well in excess of 5000 on it and i was up to wow. 44.1 grains of 09 and i was getting about 2650 with sierra 140 matching <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, I, I reckon mine would be up around the two thousand rounds now. It'd be, yeah, yeah. It'd be pushing up there. Yeah, yeah. So, a, wow. you can still get a you can still get a bit more out of it, but uh, depends how. Uh, <laughs> if you want to just throw your rego fees into the window now, when you go, yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Uh, Andy, we've had a comment um, that you are currently looking very similar to Pat Rafter at the moment. Oh yeah. <laughs> so anyway, do do Fair that enough. what you will. Um, uh, good question. I'm gonna have, we're gonna have to Google that. <laughs> question here from Travi Harris. Uh, what is a one bad habit you're looking to change in your shooting process, Dave? Let's uh, kick off with you because Emma's making weird eyes about that question. <laughs> um, I always make weird eyes. In terms of PRS, um, I guess stop getting so excited about everything. You hang on, <laughs> this is coming from you. You're saying don't get excited. What? Uh, <laughs> How are you planning to achieve that? Maybe, it's, yeah, I know, right? It's really hard. But um, maybe just stop getting so excited and distracted by everything and just calm down and remember the basics. And yep. uh, just kind of, you know, if I'm looking through the scope and something, you know, if the bullet hits off to the right of the target, sit there and go, oh, wait, that went to the right of the target. I should calm down and make the correction instead of just going, oh, to hell with the accuracy through volume, something, you know, the wind will change. It will go back in. Slow down and think and remember the basics and fundamentals is the yeah, because yeah, I get pretty excited when I get to the firing line in PRS, and the fundamentals just kind of go. 
<laughs> Very good. Andy, what about so you? Guess, oh, sorry. Yeah. Carry on. No, no, no. Staying cool under pressure. Yeah, there Staying we go. cool <laughs> under pressure. I like it. Andy, what about you, Pat? Yeah, yeah that, uh, <laughs> that, that, definitely that mindset of staying cool um, when it builds up, especially being if you're the first shooter up on a stage, just try and relax. Um, mm-hmm. I get pretty worked up on that. Um, and I think, I think I still need to try not to rush through a stage and get every shot off. Just try and pull it back a bit and every yeah. shot I take, just make it a clean shot and stop just trying to rush through it. So, um, yeah, just to work on that hit ratio. And I think by doing that, I'll end up with a, a better score at the end of it. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. All right, Emma, self? So I think um, when I'm looking through the spotting scope when it's my turn next um, and I'm, like, trying to read the wind, I need to actually pay attention to reading the wind instead of just, like, looking through the scope going, oh, yeah, that's cool. I I just go blank. Um, Yeah. And definitely don't rush. I found especially the last match I shot, um, like, I just blazed. And I should have <laughs> just slowed down. <laughs> I'm yep. like, I'm not steady. I'm not steady. Bang. Why did I do that? <laughs> it just, yeah. I don't know. Need to slow down. <laughs> I was going to say something else to throw in because we've all said basically the same thing here. Something else, which is another bad habit. Well, I wouldn't say it's a bad habit. I just don't think I'm at, the, well, no, I don't think. I'm not at that level of shooting yet is to stop worrying so much about my reloading and ammunition. Yep. Because last year I was trying to get ahead of myself and go, oh, you know, the temperature is going to be different at this range. I'll try and tweak my load a bit and this and that. And it just led to massive inconsistency. I was spending way too much time behind the reloading bench and not enough time behind the rifle dry firing or actually shooting and getting solid data that, yeah, you can account for slight variations like that or with what we're doing. Mm. I'm not at the level yet where, you know, tweak the temperature's going to make the critical difference between a hit and a miss for me yet. So, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a huge thing. You know, yeah. sometimes a lot of people fuss over that, getting that extra 0.1 or 0.2 of an inch or better group. Yeah. And then when you rock up on a barricade, you're just all over the shop that, you know, it doesn't make a difference, does it? You're like, oh, I have a three foot per second SD, but I have no idea how to shoot this roll, this rifle steady on this barricade. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. I think uh, I think most guys will back will back that up and uh, and say, yeah, yeah, we we spend we often spend a lot. Uh, we we poorly allocate our time. Uh, and yeah. that's something I where it's probably true in life, isn't it? But we, we often poorly allocate our, our time where we spend it on the stuff that doesn't net the big results where you could spend an hour on something major about how to kneel properly or, or improve your standing position and you'll you'll get so much more benefit for it for the same amount of time yeah. and then worry about the little stuff later on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think uh, you guys are on the money there. Guys, we're... Um, we're going to take a, a very short uh, break. We'll leave you guys uh, to, uh, to to join us back in a moment because uh, we're on this uh, Zoom thing and we've just got to reset it. So uh, we'll um, check in with the other guys. Uh, the next um, 
the next few days we've got a few exciting guests uh, coming up which is uh, which is wonderful uh, tomorrow night um, Kerry Adams joins me if you don't know Kerry Kerry runs a precision shooter uh, out of the out of New Zealand um, and so he's going to start late and join us uh, also runs the bloke uh, website and and just general all-around good guy and uh, I've been trying to get on a, uh, on a chat with him between he and I and his podcast, uh, my podcast, and other bits and pieces. We've been attempting to uh, to make something happen uh, for a little while, although not you know not actively. Uh, um, we've been a little slack in that, and so it takes a, an entire pandemic for us to uh, actually make something happen. But anyway, that's that's happening tomorrow night. So he's a really interesting guy. Got a lot of experience, a lot of ideas. Uh, and uh, and has shot a huge amount, so I'm really looking forward to doing that. Really interesting guy to speak with. Uh, so that will be really good. Um, Wednesday night, uh, Simo from Honey HQ is joining us uh, for a chat. So that should be a laugh. Uh, anyway, that will be uh, that will be good fun. And then we've got a few other guests planned out next week. So looking forward to that all happening. It's going to be a good show. Uh, and we'll we'll duck um, duck. Ben Jarrett into the mix at some point soon to get him uh, back on uh, back on uh, the weird positions thing. We've been stringing that out for way too long, not necessarily because we wanted to, just purely that's the that's the way it has happened. Uh, anyway, we are getting back on deck. Emma is uh, is back in the room, guys. If you've got questions, uh, hit us up in the chat. We've got a few more to uh, get through um, now, and it's really it's it's. It's great to see a few new names in the uh, in the chat there as well, which is fantastic. Um, great to see. It's good stuff. All right, let's see where we uh, go from here. Uh, next question up. I know Emma is listening. Uh, the I've I, now I've lost it. I've gone to the wrong page. Uh, weight of the rifle. That is a question. Uh, it's coming from Jake Simmons. Uh, so Jake. Um, Let's hit that one up because uh, he just built a new gun uh, or he just put spec up a new thing and uh, wants to see how it compares to uh, to everyone else's. So, I mean, first up, Jake, don't don't compare yourself to other people, you know, really like go out on your own and look after yourself and uh, your, your own man. So you, you'll be fine. Uh, but let's, uh, let's see who's back on deck here. Uh, right. Um, I, I haven't got this camera working. There we go. Uh, guys, welcome back. Um, do you guys know the weight of your rifle, Emma? I do. Mm-hmm. Um, mine is 7.4. 7.4, yep, that's you. You said that on Friday night, didn't you? Andy, what about you, mate? You're running a beast of a thing, or? Andy, you're yeah, a, you sound like you're underwater, mate. We're going to jump over to Dave if you want to try and fix your audio up. Dave, what uh, what is uh, your rifle running at? Do you know? Uh, I was hoping he'd answer because we're running the same rifle, and I actually don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, give me a second, though. Yep. Give, give me a second. Give me a second. Google Google will answer all. Hopefully, I can keep. Uh, I am. Ted in the meantime. Here. I am sure. Uh, so I am running a Tika T3X uh, Attack A1. Yep. Um, and let's uh, find out here. Go on to the old. Uh, I should know this off the top. A- Andy, is your audio any better? Selling. Let's try you again. Yeah. Can you can you hear me now? Yeah, that's better, mate. How? What's, oh yeah. What's the weight of your rifle? 
Yeah, that's a good question. Um, like Dave, I haven't I haven't weighed mine, but it's 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 quite heavy up front. It is it is getting to that point now where it's coming off of a barricade. It's almost two hands. Like yep. um, yeah, it's it's getting up there. It makes it it does make it does slow me down moving around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. But you know, like on the plus side, I don't have to work so hard on recoil management. And it makes up for a lot of my lack of skill. So. <laughs> At least you've got your honesty going for you. That's excellent. Uh, um, to answer, answer the question here, I think you're looking at. Um, oh God, I can't, I can't think in kilograms. Canada says we use kilograms, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, it's saying here about yeah, five kilograms is the weight of the tack A1. So okay, plus scope. Really? Plus, yeah. Yeah, plus scope. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, anyway, all right. Sounds good. Uh, question here from Sheldrake. Uh, I've heard the idea of running a comp with paper targets for clubs that ain't allowed steel targets. How do you feel about such an idea? Emma, you shoot a little bit of service rifle, which uses paper targets already. Um, I'm, I'm guessing yeah. where we're, he's referring to like a PRS-style match. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um. Well, I know that uh, the service rifle matches are great. Like it's um, it's really good. Like it's different to um, PRS um, where there's not a there's not as much movement. Um, so it probably would be. It, I don't know. I think it'd be a bit tricky to run a PRS um, with paper targets. Um, but yeah, in terms of the PSR, it's great. It's a good day. Um, yeah, it's it's a really good. I, I'd be happy to go and do it, obviously, because I do. <laughs> um, yep. But yeah, I think it'd be fine. Am yep. I going around in circles? <laughs> That's all right. Anyone else got any thoughts on the the matter? I think it'd be fine. You just have to make sure the logistics are good, um, because I think it'd be a bit hard to run a paper match with, say, you know, sixty shooters. Because every time, yep. I mean, you could do multiple targets on the same sheet. Um, and say, all right, shooter, you have to shoot the third target in on the second row or something, which you could get around maybe having to change the target every time. But the only issue you didn't start encountering with that is you'd probably have people starting to shoot the wrong targets very frequently. (laughs) We did a couple of stages at the finale, didn't we, Paper? There was two. We did. And there was a few people that had a bit of a hard time seeing which target they had to shoot at from memory. Yeah. There, there have yeah, been a few yeah. paper targets, and, and uh, yeah, there's no, no rules that say you can't shoot paper targets in a PRS type match. Um, it's just not necessarily common to see for the logistics you talked about, though. Uh, yeah. And I think, I mean, if it's a difference between a, a local club shooting that style and not shooting that style, yeah, do it. Absolutely do it because you'd be better to have a crack or more yeah. of the service rifle. You would definitely need to be creative in how you would do your course of fire. And I think you could run a pretty decent course of fire um, with uh, with paper, uh, but you'd have to design it around there. There's just some stuff that you could not do, uh, plain and simple. But aside from that, yeah, worth, worth a shot. Better, better to be shooting than not be shooting, uh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. And, uh, one here from... Ben, Richo, uh, talking position, stability, and NPA. Okay. Uh, how far do, do your crosshairs move in mill under recall? 
when you're on prone or barricade? Oh. Do you guys know that? And what have I missed? Depends, on the, posi- depends yeah. on the position, I guess. Right, let's, uh, <laughs> let's go with uh, prone first. Do you know how far off uh, on prone you, you go? Yeah, I actually know. Dave, go, you go first. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Um, to be honest, I have no idea. Um, yeah, I couldn't tell you. So there's my productive answer. Um, <laughs> I'm glad just, we threw to you. <laughs> as long as the, the hope would be that you can still see the target after your recoil goes, so you can see your follow shot. And if you've gone off target or even maybe on target and you need to correct a bit more to make sure you you get surefire hits rather than kind of dicey hits on the edge. Mm-hmm. That's all I really gun for at the moment. Just make sure I can see the target, but I've never actually measured how far it goes off. I'm thinking of. Good. All right. Uh, Did he specify yeah. caliber? It would it would depend on caliber, the recoil and all that sort of yes, stuff. Yes, if you're shooting 308 um, with uh, 180 grain projectiles, you're not going to see the target. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, shooting a stage at a club match um, at Little River and it was um, prone and you were shooting, you know, had to shoot like as quick as you could. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't remember it moving at all, really. Okay. Yeah, Maybe yeah. I was just having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, not much. Like, I, yeah. Yeah. Not enough to notice, no. Nah. What about positional, positional changes it, certainly? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure if I, was, if I was prone, I reckon that initial impulse um, comes back and it moves about one to one and a half mil for me, just like, for, you know, off memory. But then it, that initial impulse, it then settles back down and it's pretty pretty well within within that one mil. Um, and then... If your position so right, on, it should... That's it. Yeah, it pretty well settles almost back on it. Um but going off a barricade, I know with the attacks being um, a little bit rear heavy, um, that recoil it would it would almost come out of the scope sometimes for myself if if my position's not stable. But once I added uh, the weights at the front, uh, the recoil was more straight back. So you'd probably only move for like three or four mil off target, and then I'd just have to like settle it back in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay. Yeah, very, very good. Uh, another question. I think barricades too. Like, it also, it depends on like how steady your position is, and if you're square behind the gun, and yeah, yeah. and potentially how potentially how steady the barricade itself is. Because mm. yeah. if you can have a solid position and you stay everything, but the barricade goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know you're at Scott's palm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good. Uh, Lana asks, what do you guys think about building a rig rather than buying one over the counter? Andy, you're, uh, you kicked into production last year and has moved to open. What, what are your thoughts on, on starting out with this? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if money wasn't an object, I'd be pretty keen on, on building my own rig. Um, I would pretty much just try and source the best equipment I can afford um, at that time. Mm-hmm. And um, just go with that if, if money wasn't an option. Um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, it would be great to be able to go around and just try a few different actions, try try some different scopes um, and then just pick the, pick the uh, best of the crop and, and put, that, put it together. Yeah, I reckon that would be awesome. Yep. Okay. What about you, Emma? 
Um, I think just from the experiences I've had, um, I really like my rifle. Mm -hmm. um, it's custom built, so um, I actually have serious feelings for it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but starting out, um, I just started with like a um, like a ticker like T3 Sporter. I think that's what it was. Um, and they're just like plug and play. Like there's, you don't have to worry about anything with them. Um, so I think I was happy to have that from the beginning um, because it's just a good all-rounder. Um, it's not as touchy, <laughs> I suppose you could say. Yeah. Um, some custom rifles are a little bit needy. They need a bit more <laughs> love. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So I think just starting out, I think you should just go and get um, just a rifle off the shelf and see if you like it and go from there, I really think. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Um, there's a little clarification. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Dave. Have you got anything? I mean, you're biased because you sell <laughs> these guns. So that's – have no, you got no. anything to add um, to it? Well, that being said, I do have two actions without barrels that are currently waiting to be built into custom rigs. So not completely biased, but um, I'd kind of liken it back and probably agree with Emma. I liken it back to the reloading thing where if you're starting out, especially in this discipline, mm -hmm. just go something that's assembled because if you haven't shot PRS, you don't know positions, you don't know data of your cartridge. If you need to learn PRS you're going to gain absolutely nothing by fiddling around trying to make, you know, aftermarket magazines work with a certain action or something like that. Yep. That will benefit your shooting in absolutely zero way. Whereas if you have a rifle that just works and you can get out there and get proper feedback on your technique and what you're doing, you're going to be way better off in the long run. It's like, I'm not going to use my shooting because I'm not winning yet, but I liken it to my piano practice when I was a kid. Getting a better piano isn't going to make you a better piano player, but playing a piano more often but still tuned properly is going to make you a good piano player. <laughs> Are you a good piano player? I was when I was 12 years old. <laughs> so like three, I've got a three keyboard I'm going to bring to the next match. See, a $100 keyboard, as long as it's tuned properly, you can get really good on that. <laughs> Where if you have a, you know, a $100,000 grand... and it plays stuff. Yeah. Where if you have a $100,000 grand piano, if you play it once a year, you're probably going to suck. <laughs> I just press one button on this and I can, look, making music right now. Look at this guy. Uh... Maestro Rusty. Yeah, that's right. I've got to go on. Uh, now, there's some follow-up from Ben about his question regarding uh, uh, point of uh, point of aim and and that sort of things. He was looking. He's talking about a six five Creedmoor, and he's talking about like natural point of aim type thing. And so he's just trying to, I guess, self assess as to whether the method he's using. Um, Oh, sorry, whether the position he's building is actually quite good based on how far off the target. Uh, his gun jumps and uh, the theory I guess being that if you pull the trigger hit the hit or miss the target but you are staying on the target uh, through your scope mm. you're probably in a pretty subtle position but if you are way off you're in a position that's maybe moving to the left right wherever you're going um, Andy any thoughts on that sort of way of doing things yeah definitely I, I, I definitely notice when I'm shooting support side my um, after that recoil, my target would be way off. 
on the support side because not used to it. It's just it's all over the place. Um, when I'm prone on my strong side, it's it's solid. Um, same with if I'm shooting off a bench and just um, what do you call it, bending over um, behind the rifle. Um, that's solid. Emma, Emma, uh, why did you smirk so much then, Emma? <laughs> Uh, ne- never mind, never mind. Back, <laughs> back to Andy. Sorry. He didn't know um, what it was called, bending over. Sorry. <laughs> um, Let Pat Rafter yeah. speak, okay? Sorry. <laughs> um, but on um, on barricades and th- things, the, the majority of the time I'll try and free recoil. Um, so as long as my shoulder is only like just behind the rifle and just barely touching it, um, yeah, that's a bit harder to um, to gain, to, to understand. I guess that comes down to uh, what sort of bag you're using or support you're using on that barricade um, and how well your rifle balances. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I'd say if, if on, on a good day, if you're prone behind it, you should pretty much settle within like half to one MOA uh, mil back on the target. Should be pretty solid, yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. It's it's not a bad method at all, I think. I think you're under the right thing there, Ben. And yes, Emma. I um thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um I think that it's like the oh, he's like he's the he's the oracle man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Um but no, so when you're like dry firing or whatever, um and you've you think you're in a solid position. Um, relax, close your eyes for like, you know, 10, 20 seconds, open your eyes again. If you're still pointing at that target exactly where you were before, you're in a good position. Mm-hmm. If you open your eyes and you're not in the same position, you crap. You need to start again. <laughs> yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah, nothing, nothing wrong with that. I, uh, all right, there's a question here for Andy and Dave. Sorry, Emma, you miss out. Uh, what Arca Rail setups are you using on your TAC A1s? Uh, Dave, are you running an Arca Rail setup? Much to the, what's the word I'm looking for? Complaining, obsessive, compulsive complaining of my teammate, Scott McMillan. I am not yet. Yeah. Um, I hope to be at some point this year. Yeah. Um, off a glance, I haven't really paid much attention to them at this point. One, I don't have a tripod yet, um, so I'm probably going to save my pennies and get a tripod first. Tri- tripod's coming at scoped uh, out in the next week or two, so just just let you know, tripod's coming at scoped out. Anyway. But I have seen, actually, and played around with it a bit, the... Um, I still don't know how to pronounce his business. The Manil. Manil, is that how you pronounce it? Sure. <laughs> Manil. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Nick, Nick's, Nick's Arca Rails. Um, I've actually screwed around with them quite a bit, and they're pretty solid pieces of equipment. Um, so I reckon I'll probably invest in one of them after I acquire the tripod. Yeah, cool. What about uh, you, Andy? Are you running something? Yeah, so uh, like Dave, I was also running uh, the Manil Arca Rail, um, and that was a, a pretty good, pretty good system. Um, had the the measurements down the side there, so if I knew how how wide a barricade was, and I knew that my bipod had to be pulled back to that position to sort of grab onto that barricade, um, just remember that, and it, it was good to rock and roll. Um, 
at the moment, I'm currently running the Barricade Stop and Arca um, attachment from STS Targets, mm -hmm. uh, which is specifically made for the TAC A1, um, and that works a treat. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Barricade Stop just gives you something to push against and, um, yeah, yeah, it balances out nicely. Very good, excellent. Well, uh, we uh, guys, we've got about oh, about five minutes or so left. If there are any further questions, hit us up for any last questions. Andy, you just you look like you thought of something, mate. Uh, no, no, I'm disappointed. There's only five minutes left. Oh, okay, you're sad. I know. I'm only halfway through my drink. <laughs> well, hurry up then. <laughs> okay, we just we just watch Andy Scully's drink. Go on. You know what I'm surprised in this day and age of quarantine? No one has asked us yet on this chat if whether or not we think Carol Baskin fed her husband to the Tigers. <laughs> what do you guys think? Uh, well, we'll start, well, Dave, we're going to start with you because you brought it up. Uh, did, did Carol Baskin feed her husband to the Tigers? Oh, yeah. Carol Baskin, she killed her husband. Yeah. Okay. She done killed him. Not a note in my mind she killed her husband. <laughs> Andy, any, uh, any comment from you on the, on the matter? I had to Google it today because a lot of people are putting stuff on Facebook about this woman and I'm like, who is this woman? <laughs> yeah, I Googled it. I worked it out. I haven't seen the show. So what's your take on it then? <laughs> did, she, uh, did she do it? Emma? No? Who, me? No. <laughs> no. I don't know. You don't know. I don't even know who she is. Okay. Well, if it helps you, the bar in my hometown, they have a roadside sign. They actually put on their roadside sign that, yeah, she, Carol Baskin killed her husband. So if a bar in New Minus slash Kenville, Nova Scotia says, it, says it's true, it's probably true. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely yeah. true. She did. Yeah. 100% did. Yeah. Oh, good, good. No, right, we've got a sensible question from uh, from Ian, but uh, I think my response is that Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Uh, Ian says, is there one thing that you all can say is the change you've made that gave the most improvement? Uh, Ian's had a few drinks, I think. Um, <laughs> anyway, is there one thing that's given you the most improvement in your uh, in your shooting, a single, single thing? Uh, Emma, we're going to kick off with you. Um, not drinking on the Friday, the Saturday night. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> definitely helped. <laughs> um, I just think, um, I don't know, experience, dry fire, practice. Yeah. I definitely don't, um, like read the whole match book. I write down my, um, write down my distances and get a bit of a gist, but I don't let myself, like, get right into it until the day because otherwise I lie there all night thinking about it and it's not cool. Yeah, I, I've, I've heard that a bit more and more recently of guys not spending much time in the matchbook in the lead-up to it, um, just you, you, being mm. ready for it on the day. They might prep data or something like that, but beyond that they yeah. don't really sort of spend any time in it. Yeah, that's that's interesting. That's cool. Um, Andy, what about you, mate? Yeah, I'll, I'll do the same thing about the matchbook. I'll have a, a quick uh, flick through um, and maybe write down some possible notes, something like um, would a tripod work here or would this work or just something to think about. Um, my data I'll grab first thing in the morning and for the first few stages and then lunchtime for the, the rest of it. Um, but I think probably the biggest thing is just having a bit of uh, confidence 
in your in your ammunition and not to second guess it. If that makes sense. Like the bullet doesn't lie because um, I know you know every now and then <coughs> you'd send a shot and it would go off, or you'd think that oh my my loads are crap or you know my ammo is crap. But if you know that you've tested it and you've shot a good group and you yeah your ammunition solid then don't second guess it um yeah i found having having confidence in your, in your system and your ammo um yep. just yep. helps heaps yeah yeah fantastic that's all right dave uh we're coming to you mate yeah um kind of along that vein obviously set your equipment up find what works and once you know your equipment's running good spend as much time as you can sending it so aka trigger time and uh yeah, it's that old saying, you know, practice makes perfect. Practice, practice, practice. Stop, uh, yeah, don't spend, you know, it's all night behind your reloading bench going, oh, my case trim length, you know, it's like half a thou out. Oh, it's going to screw me. It's like whatever, man. It's, it's Just get out there and shoot and enjoy it. Remember your practice. Get out there and practice. Stop sweating the little technical things and, yeah, just – yeah, send it. I'm going to use that again. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, um, I've, I've got a question for you because then we've we've uh, we've talked about the thing that's like been significant, and and for many guys, it's it's practice has been the big thing. And we talked before about uh, about one thing that we need to work on each. When you come across something that you feel is like a lacking skill for you, be it um. Let's say it's shooting particular position, or if it's main, you know, managing your your time, or something on those lines, or not drinking on the Friday night, whatever it may be. Um, how do you turn that into something you can practice? Because you know, going, oh yeah, we need to practice is is great, and and you know, practice can look like many things. How do you identify a, a particular issue? Uh, Break it down and then and and then turn that into a practice routine that will then see results on the other side. Uh, who's smiling the least? Um, I would say the best way to go about that is get someone to watch you shoot. They don't necessarily even have to be better, mm-hmm. but there could be something. You actually did a video on this or something, I guess, along this vein where someone was actually com- closing their eyes or something before they even pulled the trigger. Yep. And it was something they might not notice. And even a beginner shooter could have looked at that and gone, why do you close your eyes before you pull the trigger? And you could go, oh, because it's that ex- it's just that external vision to look at you and go, why do you do that? And then you kind of sit back and critique it and go, yeah, why do I do that? Yeah. I should work on that. <laughs> but I guess what, what so I'm – get- Get get external feedback and action that feedback. I guess. Yep. And and what do you then like? What does that look like? So you've got the feedback, Dave, of, of a particular thing that you're not doing very well. You know what you've identified yep. it. How do you fix that? Like, what are your your next step to turn that into something you practice? Yeah, I guess it would depend on the scenario, maybe. Yep. Okay. Let's say um, you've identified a position that isn't very good. Yep. Uh, you're kneeling. Kneeling for me right yeah. at the moment is a big weakness. Um, I used to be good at it. I'm not now. Um, what, <laughs> what would you be good to, to go from there? Um, start drilling the position, but get – that's when I'd probably start seeking advice for someone who's maybe pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. Kind of ask what works best for them. Um, if you're going, say, positional and kneeling um, – 
you may have to do a slightly different variation because the way I kind of thought positional, because I went the first year, so PRS, I was basically, if there was a positional stage, I could safely assume that I was going to zero. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then last year, I'd actually, I mean, I wasn't cleaning all of them, but I could actually at least get, you know, half the points. They're up in Darwin, the positional stage there. I was only one shot off cleaning it. Um, and it was just a matter of mm-hmm. kind of asking people what works for them. If it didn't obviously try and run with that because if it's working for them and they're doing quite well and they're clearly doing something right. Yeah. And then maybe if I needed to just find what works for me on top of that as well, just experiment, play around with it. I've actually sat quite a bit doing the dry fire thing for positional stuff and just sitting there pressing the gun, whatever position and just, seeing what variation was the most solid for me. Like, yeah, just, it's very broad in general again, but practice, just practice, practice, practice is how you resolve those problems. Does any, <laughs> anyone else have a different routine or a way of doing um, things? Yeah, not really different. I mean, I, when I um, first got a centerfire, I got a 270 as my centerfire, and I, I reckon I developed a bit of a flinch mm-hmm. um, from that. And, or just that like anticipation of recoil um, after having sore shoulders from 50 rounds at the range. Um, so to combat that, I sort of, I went out and bought myself a 2D3 with a varmint barrel um, and I had my 22 already. So I just spent more time between between those two rifles, just like sending, sending rounds down with them and trying to work on like not flinching. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd even try and get someone to like load the rifle for me with or without a, a projectile in it, or, yep. or like a round in it, to try and see if I did have a flinch. Um, but I think, yeah, that's probably one way to combat that. It's just if you do have a large hitting calibre or a flinch, take it back to something that's not so hard hitting or even dry fire and just try and work it out of your system on that, yeah. Mm, absolutely. Very good. Emma, anything from you on that topic? Yeah, um, I write notes in the back of my matchbook. I saw um, them on Instagram. Which are mostly swearing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's mostly swear words, but um, it does mean things to me. It makes sense to me. Um, but, yeah, it's just a matter of going back to um, uh, taking it home and practising. Like if, if you bombed out on a tyre stage, Play around with tyres, get good positions, and um, until you feel steady, and then practice it, uh, sort of like on a timed sort of um, scenario. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to um, uh, practicing afterwards, focusing on what you were um, bad at, yep. <laughs> um, and yeah, just um, yeah, practice that. Yeah, sensational. Guys, there's a, there's a couple of more questions in the chat, but we're running out of time tonight, so I'm going I'm, I'm copying and pasting them and saving them for next uh, Q&A show. Um, excellent. Well, guys, thanks so much for your time tonight. I hope you uh, have enjoyed yourself. I hope those watching have enjoyed. And uh, uh, I guess give these guys a bit of a like. No, these these guys are all, all down here. Um, we're doing the Brady Bunch thing now. Uh, I, I'm, I'm heavily distracted. I'm blowing up on TikTok. 
Yeah, I put a second TikTok video up, and it's uh, it's gone like four times as much as my last one. So uh, yeah, I'm, I've I've made it. I've made it in the social media. World. Four likes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> it's better than your TikTok account, Dave. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's four hundred percent better than my TikTok account. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's let me nineteen likes, Dave. In your pos- oh, wow. 19, 1900% oh better than my uh, TikTok account. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a new sensation on TikTok. Anyway, famous. anyway, heaps famous. Guys, where, thanks where so do much. I find, where do I find your TikTok? On TikTok. Um, uh, give give one little shout out. We want to know how we can follow you, if that's something we need to do. Uh, and uh, uh, and one last piece of wisdom, if you've got it in you, Andy, let's kick off with you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm at uh, Andy Little PRS on Instagram and a Little Precision Rifle on Facebook. Um, and yeah, trigger time. Get behind it. Don't worry about the little things. Yeah, uh, Emma. Uh, what about you? I don't. I don't have any fancy pages. Just my actual pages. So whatever. <laughs> Which are? Um, Which are? And. Uh, which are Emma Stevens on Facebook and E Stevo, I think that's what it's E like underscore Stevo okay. on Instagram. Gotcha. That's all it is. Um, but yeah, it's um, just really dry fire practice, muscle memory. It's a thing. Get on it. All right. And uh, Dave, take us out with a bang. All right. Um, as for Facebook, you've already tagged me in this, and that'd be my personal uh, account. Uh, Dave oh, sorry. Acker. Sorry. Um, sorry. A bit. A bit. That's all good. If, if I, I wouldn't re-announce it if I didn't want it. No. <laughs> um, Instagram, probably a bit more active on that. Um, probably about 50-50 shooting content. Last post was about cats and salami. Um, they can have a bit of salami as a snack. That is all right for cats. Um, Instagram is uh, D-A-C-K-E-R-W, so Dacker W. Um also, one little piece of advice I take shooting: um, practice, and to determine what you need to practice, ask yourself, "I'm doing this. What is it doing for my shooting? Is it doing anything at all? Like spending excessive amounts of time behind the reloading bench, sweating, you know, a half bow difference in case size? Is it going to do anything? Is it worth the time? No, nah, go practice instead." Yep. <laughs> Fantastic. Excellent, guys. Thanks so much for watching, for being involved. Uh, 5% off at Projector Warehouse of the new website. Uh, hit me up if there's any issues. Uh, code is ID Live, ID L I V E, L I V E. I'm going too fast. With a five on the end, ID Live 5. Uh, grab that, hit that up. Uh, I'm going to go make more TikTok videos uh, and we will uh, get into this. We'll see you guys tomorrow night with uh, Kerry Adams, all the way from over the, over the Dutch. Uh, in New Zealand and we will see what he's got to say guys looking forward to it thanks for supporting this thanks for being involved and uh, we'll catch you next time
dancing, guys. Keep dancing. Keep dancing.